Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode. <laughs> this is the Once Upon a Nigel podcast. I'm Evelyn. And I'm Lara. So today we are speaking on a really important topic, foundational topic. The genesis. The very beginning <laughs> of, well, I guess even that is, that, that could be like debated, you know, like the beginning of whose history we're going to be talking about Nigeria's independence. Yeah, soon as that's coming up soon. Yes. Yeah. And um, Nigeria's independence is, I think, a bittersweet um, day <laughs> for all Nigerians. I know it is for me. How so? Um, well, when you look at the current state of Nigeria, um, it's quite a dire situation for many people. But then when I think of, um, independence, um, as somebody who was born here in the UK, Nigerian independence was a day and it was something that I could hold on to so that I could like connect back to the country in some way because the context in which I was I was living I'm living in is has always undermined Nigeria so it was some it was something to hold on to as like a part of my identity and that was when I was like a child but then obviously growing up and becoming more aware of um, the current like political situation of the country that's when you, you, I start to ask myself questions as, as to whether or not this is something we should be celebrating. Mm. Well, obviously you have to celebrate your independence and recognize the history, but it was it always felt um, it, it felt something felt false or um, yeah, it was it's, it's it's difficult. I feel. Yeah, it's interesting. You say obviously you're meant to celebrate, but actually it's not. It's not very obvious anymore. Yeah, it's becoming less and less obvious because people are having more to sort of say. Well, what's there to celebrate? Like, mm. what's there to be happy about? What are we actually celebrating? So, as the years rolling by, less and less. I I think there's less and less jubilation mm. around mm-hmm. Nigerian independence. But then I suppose before we sort of dive into the whole independence shebang and whatnot, I guess the the question is how do why why independence? Because to have independence means that once upon a time we weren't we weren't independent, <laughs> uh, and yeah. So I think most people know that Nigeria was a colony of the British um, Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, the we were colonized what in nineteen fourteen. Yes, and even before then, the British were already obviously they had their foot, they had all their tentacles in the regions mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. eventually made up Nigeria. Yeah, um, and yes, yeah, so we were colonized by them through indirect rule. Yeah, so they didn't they they indirect rule being that they ruled via local local native native people. rulers that they put in place. But also, I think um, something to highlight is the fact that they put in place, they put in position of authority people that were deemed illiterate. 
people that they could easily manipulate people yeah. who you know malleable could, malleable exactly so what had happened was there was a lot of like them what was the word disposition or no um so basically i can't i don't know what the word is now but basically all the rulers who were there prior who sort of posed a challenge to the british empire they deposed them i believe that's the word they removed them from their uh from their position and then they installed their own preferred ruler who was obviously going to dance to their tune Mm -hmm. so that was um yeah that was the whole essence of indirect rule and yeah that happened for many years until yeah some nigerians became quite discontent Mm. um and i think yeah we'll dive into that later but that is basically the foundation of the Mm. the reason for why we needed to be independent to begin with because we were colonized you know all those wonderful words of independence autonomy self-determination freedom you know um those are all like the words that me as an international relations student I'm come on like, <laughs> bring, bring that degree to use let them know <laughs> yes um those are all those wonderful words that that come to mind um when thinking about um, independence it's even part of the reason like even why I studied that mm. course because I was I was in my naivety I thought international relations would actually <laughs> be about um, parts of the world yeah that weren't centered on Europe but that's even another conversation about um, the the content of, of that degree but yeah studying that I wanted to learn about how nations yeah related to one another um, and that was, was focused on, like, African politics, um, and coming from a family that cared about that Pan-Africanism and, and all of that, which is what many of the, quote-unquote, founding fathers mm-hmm. and mothers... Um, are. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget the mothers. Let's not forget the mothers um, um, really cared about. So, um, yeah, that's... Those are those are like the those are the things that like inspire me, or I try to hold on to you mm-hmm. when I'm thinking of. It's funny you said what you expected from your degree was you know the scope should probably have expanded beyond European yeah. whatnot. It, immediately you said that thought of people who are fighting to decolonize the curriculum, mm-hmm. so like I guess yeah that was probably. Um, something you would have benefited from if your course was yeah. a bit beyond Europe. But yeah, speaking of indirect rule and so when when the the nationalist nationalists when they were fighting for for um independence, I guess one of the main focus, one of the things that we're really trying to achieve is direct rule. Yes. Um, and we know this because we spoke about the last episode. We talked about um, from Ilaya Ransom Kuti, mm-hmm. and we talked about the riots and the fights that happened with the with the king. That you know when they were increasing taxation and yeah. all that stuff. Obviously, the British had a hand in the whole increase of taxes and stuff, and so that was one of like that was one of the um, uh, significant events that was sort of um, pushing for direct rule mm. uh, from Nigerians. And then there's also another riot known as the Aba Women's 
Abba is in the east of Nigeria and yeah, the women again, they were rioting um, against the imposition of taxation. Um, another one was, you know, land acquisition. So Herbert Macaulay is like a really significant figure. Um, yeah. I believe his, I believe his image was on the one Naira coin. Uh, I don't know if the one Naira coin is still in circulation, but anyway, um, yeah, he was also championing like land, you know, land acquisitions. But the British came and they were just like obviously taking lands and things like that. Um, and he was fighting, he was one of the, I think he even came to the UK, I wrote about him in my book, my book, um, <laughs> Ni Nigerians of Interest, just in case you haven't heard about it in a long time, it's still selling on Amazon, alright, okay, shameless plug, <laughs> um, yeah, so he was, he was also championing, um, the, you know, people's rights to kind of own their lands and things like that. So these were all the sort of events that were spiraling out of control that sort of led to that, um, and many other things as well, obviously, but I think that determination to have direct rule, uh, in the administration of Nigeria was a critical factor. Mm. Yeah. So how do you feel about independence? What's your, what's been your, since Nigeria gained independence in, on the 1st of October, 1960. Yes, let's actually stay Let's actually day. stay the <laughs> because it's just like, we feel like, oh yeah, independence, independence. <laughs> yes, in case you didn't know, yes, the 1st of October, 1960 is the day of yeah. Nigerian independence. And to paint the picture, they were like, oh, they, I think before midnight or just as midnight was approaching they lowered the union jack and then our green white green flag came up ba -da -ba. there was a joke i saw online somewhere about how you know like all these other countries they have like really colorful flags there's a cross here there's a mm -hmm. star there you know there's stripes here and there and somebody said like the nigerian flag somebody just woke up and said hmm <laughs> what can I? Oh what can boy. I just so pull green, <laughs> and they just thought, oh, I need to get this job done before five pm, <laughs> and they just went over green, and then there was like a white blank in the middle. I was like, oh my goodness. Oh no. Uh, but it actually, it's quite a thoughtful flag. Yes, we're not you, disrespecting. We're not disrespecting the flag because I think. Nigeria is one of the countries, one of the very few countries that didn't go to war to gain their independence. Mm. And when I was looking a bit more into it, it was good. It, the flag is meant to obviously depict the peace and unity mm. with which we achieved our independence. And the reason I'm saying Kai is because I was <laughs> thinking of like how we're not. In then, peace and unity. Yeah, how we're not in peace and unity. So I suppose to come back to your question about what, how do I feel about um, independence or independent Nigeria now? I definitely, like as I mentioned before, I felt uh, pride um, in that I was, you know, from a country I could claim heritage to a country that had like fought for their own freedom and. Um, I suppose as I've gotten older, that's morphed into like gratitude and honor. Um, in that I'm really obviously very grateful to the fight of our founding fathers, our mothers, and you know, I see 
I see us as like children of freedom. Mm-hmm. I don't know that might sound like romantic and noble, but it's 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 true. Mm-hmm. Like we we are the products, and we are we are actually the living legacy of um, what they had envisioned for their future, and that we have our parents had the freedom to you know um, move and and make their own choices and um that's something that yeah i really hold on to dearly um and i think that's why it's 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 also complex because then there's the aspects of like my identity as well mm-hmm. um and i suppose yeah it's it's very interesting that like, the space I occupy being British and Nigerian and my like Nigerian identity is directly and indirectly shaped and intertwined mm-hmm. with the British culture. I mean Nigeria, um, its name is British, right? When when the country gained independence, they didn't change its name. Like other other countries, you have Zimbabwe was. Rhodesia, Ghana was Gold Coast, which I always find so peculiar and particular that you know Nigeria didn't, uh, yeah, change its change. That change is its that's name. a very good one, and that just reminded me of the quote um, of a statement by um, Chief Obafemi Awolowo, and he said, "Nigeria is not a nation. Nigeria is a geographical expression." And then you went mm. and talked about, yeah, Nigeria is not a nation in the sense that you have Nigerians are not a people in, in the same way that you have English or Welsh. And mm. I guess it was talking about like the identity, but I think just to like take that further, just in terms of what you've just said and like, yeah, we could have changed our name because really it's just like the Niger area. Mm. It's the meaning of Nigeria, and then after independence, we could have decided actually we want to forge our own identity. Mm. But that's a discussion for another time. But as you were talking, and you were talking about the dreams of our, you know, the freedom we have, and you know whatever these people were fighting for and all that stuff, I was reminded of a line from the Nigerian national national anthem, mm. which is. The, the the labors of our heroes past shall not be shall never be in vain and i wanted to ask you the question like do you feel like their labors have been in vain Con- considering mm-hmm. considering how considered considering the journey since independence looking back would you say the labours of those people who fought for independence. So we're thinking of the likes of Hinam Diazikwe, Tafawa Balewa, mm-hmm. Obafemi Awolowo, you know, Fumilayo Ransom Kuti, all these people, the things they were fighting for, that joy that they gained from the independence at its, its you know, at the beginning. When we look back, can we say no, what they fought for, we've really sort of pushed it forward, or are we saying, can, or would you say their labours have sort of been in vain, because we haven't really achieved much? Yeah, I think there's, uh, my instinct is to say no, that hasn't been in vain, mm-hmm. number one, I'm here, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not here in vain, 
but also because um, I think it's important to take into consideration that Nigeria is still a young country. Mm. Um, when you compare it to some of some other older nations, so you look at like I don't know uh, the US or Britain, like this it's like you know there's how we understand those countries today. They've had like hundreds of years, mm-hmm. whereas. Nigeria, as we know it today, is 61 years old. 62. Well, it's going to be 62 this year. No, we'll be 60. Was it 60 last year? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, of course. 2020. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, 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 I say no because of that caveat. And I'm not trying to give excuses for, like, why... We are the way we, we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just understanding that I think Nigeria's, we're on a journey. Um, I think there's a lot of uncharted territory. I think that, um, you know, there's a, there's much to be discovered um, in, in terms of, again, like the questions around like identity and who we are as a nation, etc. Um, so... But yeah, I felt as though I was going on a bit and going off on a tangent. But I don't think, I don't think their efforts were in vain. Well, I think, I think it's, I think in the the work of nation building, you know, it's if you were to compare it to like a pregnancy or something, I don't know what month, I don't know what trimester we're in, <laughs> but I feel as though it's, I I feel as though in the grand scheme of history, human history, we're like, we're at the very early stages yeah. of building a nation. So I think even though it's very painful right now because so many people are suffering in, if, if the Nigerian project is to continue, there has to be a recognition that there is a long way to go. Mm. Um, I mean, 60 years, that's, that's one, that, that's one lifetime that's true and that is quite significant because like you were saying you know some countries have changed their names since they got their independence many countries have been you know characterized by war after war after war um, and just a lot of like civil unrest and stuff and even though we've had quite a lot of significant events happen in nigeria since we gained our independence so for example we've, we've actually had a civil war mm-hmm. um, we've had the ghana must go events that happened mm-hmm. which was basically like in 1983 when the government of um shagari was um ordered quite a lot of west africans a lot of whom were Ghanaians, um to leave nigeria because of the economic downturn and whatnot so that was a moment in nigeria's history that mm-hmm. you know in since independence that still to today has a bit of a a, a bit of a leftover or aftertaste, aftertaste, that's the word, yeah, and then again, you know, since our independence, we've had, like, a very significant period of military rule, Mm. and what has happened since our independence, we've had democracy now, you know, and um, we've had, yeah, Boko Haram, we've had Chibok girls Mm -hmm. uh, kidnapped, but we've had a lot of, like, really good positive positive um moments as well even though sometimes it kind of evades me and i'm just like because there's so many negative well obviously negative bad news 
spreads faster mm-hmm. and it sells also it's really hard sometimes to kind of upon reflection to think of the really good things that mm. have happened but like i was saying earlier doing that banter you know that lady stella adadevo the sacrifice she made for nigeria her her quick thinking her a professionalism in that moment when ebola was in nigeria because that is something that could have marred the like it could have left a very disastrous impact on Mm. nigeria thinking of the population as well you know so the sacrifice that she made the many um notable um leaders that we've had out of nigeria since our independence you know we're thinking of um what's that lady now the one who became the 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 president or the leader of the world trade organization yes uh, recently not obi is a crazy name no Oh, I forgot her name now. But yeah, um, her. even since our independence, we've had the, a Nigeria become the first African to be Miss World. <laughs> I know, it's like, around the time when Admani Darego became like Miss, Miss World, it was so, oh, he was such a joyous, it was like, it was like, it was like in football, you know, where yeah. like you win the national cup or whatever. It was yeah. just like that moment as mm-hmm. well. For Nigeria, um, for a very long time, um, but yeah, so we've had a lot of moments. So when the question is asked about have the labors of our heroes um, been in vain, it's a really difficult question to to answer. And I Do guess you think so. I don't. I think to the extent that we haven't achieved what what I think we could have achieved in the 60 years since independence. So you're talking about like the pregnancy and what trimester we would be and all that stuff. Okay, maybe that's not... We can move away from that metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Um, but it's almost like a stunted growth. Yeah. Um... And I feel like at the moment we're not even growing. Mm. And to 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 see the future, it's almost impossible because yeah, it's it's a very dire situation to use the word you, you used at the beginning. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know is the answer. Well, I think probably we suffer from the fact that we are because we're living through the early stages of um we're we're living maybe let's use a book as as the metaphor these are the first few chapters Mm. right of the book so like i said this it's a journey there's still so much to discover and be told and events to unfold and we are literally the characters we're living in it so we can only see so far ahead but there's something i always say there so usually when people say oh time heals or time will tell and this kind of thing and i always say like there's nothing in time itself it's this quote this um thing that i got from malcolm no from martin luther martin luther king when you know they were fighting for their civil civil rights and I think some some leaders and people were saying to him like, oh, you know, give it time or, 
you know, they were just appealing to him for time and all that stuff. And he was saying that mm. there's nothing in time itself that changes anything. Mm. It's what you do with time yeah. that matters, to paraphrase how he said it. But mm. that, that really, you know, stuck with me. So when we talk about, you know, where this early stages of our journey, I, I appreciate that. I recognize that. But I just fear that if... In the next 60 years, we're going to have time. Next 60 years is going to be a period of time. Yeah. And it's really what we do in that period of time that is going to define or that is going to set the stage for the Nigeria we're going to have eventually. Yeah. So it's almost like we look back now, let's say, okay, all that military rule and all that stuff, they spoiled things and things got really bad. But then we've had like more than 20 years of democracy and we say, oh, it's still a very young democracy. And so, but in the time that we've had, though... Hmm. I think when when I speak of time, though, it's I agree with everything that you're saying. I think it um, it's difficult to answer the question you asked initially, though, with because you need perspective. Hmm. I, I suppose we, we do have like 60 years of perspective. But the way I think, I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking from the lens of I'm coming from like a bird's eye view of a timeline and I'm I'm thinking in like hundred year chunks mm. of like history. Mm. Um where I suppose in a hundred, two hundred years time we'll be able to look back and be like these events had like this impact, right? Um and that's what I mean by now, because we're living in it, it's difficult to to answer that question because we don't actually have all the information. Right. Because there are so many things going on at the same time, unfolding, and you're just trying to process the here and now. Yeah. As you said, you're trying to process the here and now, just deal with what's in front of your nose. Mm-hmm. You don't have so much Foresight, time. So yeah. Cool. And I mean, I mean, there are parts of our community and society, there are historians who their job is to actually 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 take that bird's eye view step back and be like i'm going to note what's going on now so that for posterity's sake people look back yeah that video that i sent you earlier yes that man professor banji akintoye yes um guys check it out it's an interview on tvc called um, fireworks with professor banki um, banji akintoye and i felt I can almost, I felt the emotion with which you were speaking, you know, mm. because like you were saying, bird's eye view, here and now, it's almost like a dual conversation. So you can look at it from two perspectives. Yes. The long-term projection of that answer mm-hmm. and then the here and now yeah. of that answer. And I guess the here and now for a man like him who lived mm. in the aftermath yeah of independence and here to see what has happened since then and he was talking of you know he said he said um he gave a lecture in south korea one time yes. in 1983 i think he was he said mm-hmm. yeah 1982 or 1983 and at the time he said you know nigeria is the it's going to be the black man's... It's going to be the black man's world of... It's going to be the black man's power, power nation. Power nation or something like that. And he said, 
we were years ahead of South Korea and even many countries. And, you know, there was so much to be proud of. You know, we had like one of the best universities in the world, not mm. just in Africa, in the world. We had the one of the best um, teaching hospitals in the world. We were the largest exporter of of groundnuts and palm oil and even of cocoa mm -hmm. so against the backdrop of all of that we've regressed we've yes you know and he talked about even like how commuting commuting across um across nigeria and how they would just get on a lorry and you know you can take your students on excursions to different parts of Nigeria and you you had no fear of what was going to happen to you on the road he said of when he graduated from he, he barely just finished graduating when he had a letter of employment you know and he was employed straight after and he said it wasn't just a it wasn't peculiar to him it happened to many other young graduates like that you know um and so for someone who has experienced all of that prosperity and they had so much dream and, you know, he, because he was a protege of, um, Obafemi Awolowo and he knew what those people were, what their dream was, what their plan for Nigeria was. And now looking back, he's a very embittered man, mm. you know, he's like, we, we we can blame the military and say yes they really did spoil a lot of things they really derailed a lot of things but then he said what's happened since then what what's you know what's been the what's the what's the what's the map what's the roadmap for nigeria this de democratic rulers what have they done so that's why for me it's like that question is like I totally agree with you in like in a hundred years, you know, but I feel like even that hundred years bird's eye view is already been determined by what's happening now. All this learns that Buhari is, is that we're taking from China, mm -hmm. that we don't know how we're going to pay it back. Every day I'm hearing billions of dollars in the news. Mm. They're all going to have an impact, you know? So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I, 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 I want to be optimistic, but I just feel like based on here and now, uh, I will say that optimism is our only choice. Mm. Optimism is really our only choice. Yeah. I mean, what else is what there? What else have we got? What else have we got? We have to choose hope. Yeah. We have to choose hope. We have to, um, and I don't say that, and, and many people can view those um, I don't know if you call them emotions or whatever, they'll view them, they're not soft. Yeah. You know, like hope and optimism is not soft. If anything, they're quite resilient, mm. quite powerful things because, because they exist, right, in opposition to fear, despair. So I think... Um, Yes, we are exasperated, frustrated, um, you know, and a lot of pain and destruction has has happened to a lot of Nigerians. But in spite of that, we yeah. hope, hope, hope exists to spite mm -hmm. all of that that's come before. Yeah. Optimism is to spite 
the despair. Yeah. Um, because, quite frankly, the way, the way I see that, that country, like, that country must succeed. <laughs> by fire, by force. No, seriously, <laughs> that country must succeed. Yeah. Because there's actually too much at stake for it not to succeed. Yeah. Right? You had you have this you have the, that golden opportunity at the beginning of any nation to kind of like really um, define who who you want to be. Okay, yeah. you decide. Nigerians decided that we're going to continue in the way of the north and the south to all stay together. Mm-hmm. Whether people now today agree with that or not, that's where we are. <laughs> yeah, and the the country is continuing to develop to develop in that way there are too many people in that country for like the uh, the nigerian project to not work that yeah. ca- I, that ca- um the idea of nigeria cannot disintegrate because people's lives are actually at stake yeah you know yeah. because of that yes it's incredibly difficult to have the roughly what 300 or so ethnic groups and unite them all and, and have some sort of patriot patriotic or national um, identity but with the 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 people the nigerian i don't know how else to, i don't know how else to emphasize yeah. no i guess yeah. you're right and i think as you were speaking i was thinking yeah you're right because nigerians are a very optimistic people in the midst of all the chaos that is going on mm-hmm. you know it was like ego better mm-hmm. uh no condition is <laughs> i remember when i was growing up in nigeria every public bus there was always some kind of motivational <laughs> quiz <laughs> like you see no condition is permanent mm. god will do it mm-hmm. tomorrow go it, it, it was just like you know people always you, you had to look forward to the next day and what was going to happen. And I think, yeah, optimism is all we've got. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes I'm optimistic to a fault. But regardless, like, you you know, you've eloquently put it, we do need to be optimistic. But I think with that opti- optimism, we should also marry it up with a good, solid plan. Mm-hmm. Because there's only so far that optimism will take you. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think... Um, yeah, you need a rugged optimism. Mm. You know, one that can withstand all the battering mm-hmm. and um, the backup of them. There are plenty of people who, who have that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even as this uh, podcast comes out, you know, it's it, it marks the one-year anniversary of even when, like, the NSARS movement yes, yes. started. And I think we can speak about that at a another time more detail when we think about like the future mm-hmm. um of nigeria but yeah that 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 rugged optimism is alive and kicking yeah thank Praise god, god. <laughs> yeah yeah i guess to round up um i mentioned earlier that one of the things that the the founding fathers of our independence were fighting for was that direct rule of our administration So my question then would be, do you think we've been able to, do you think Nigeria's been able to, I feel like I'm asking the question, but I know the answer. (laughs) Well, maybe not. Maybe you will surprise me. Do you think we've been able to gain that independence in governance that we wanted? 
So there's like independence in every area, you know, we're getting independence here and there, but we really wanted that independence to be able to govern ourselves. Independence and, from, because that, that's the question, it, it, it's always have we gained independence, but it's independence from who, what? Yeah, so independence from the British, yes. right, to, yeah. for the right to be able to govern ourselves yeah. directly. Now, the question is, have we truly been able to govern govern ourselves without any external interference external interference no so then are we truly independent no in is that oh boy (laughs) (laughs) that that's a complex question it's actually again go back to my uh degree that's a that's a topic that I explored a lot around like neo-colonialism and neo-imperialism and the fact that Nigeria and many African nations or many na- nations in the quote-unquote global south gained independence from their colonial uh, rulers but then there were different international apparatus that would maintain control over mm-hmm. uh, the nation and and we've spoken about this on previous episodes yeah you know when when we think of so one of the vehicles for neo-colonialism is through um private enterprise mm-hmm. you know big companies so in nigeria's case you know shell being a multinational corporation and being able to in behind the scenes support um yeah. you know influence um nigeria's leaders to to do what they want so so in that sense, no, that Nigeria isn't independent. And so th- that's why it's incredibly important to mm-hmm. understand the methods, the, the, the new methods in which um, typically Western and increasingly uh, Chinese um, um, countries are using to uh, influence and yeah shape internal domestic policy yeah um but that's that's a whole like dissertation yeah <laughs> no i just wanted to throw that in there because i think it's still it's not a it's it's not a very clear you know like you rightly said i don't are we truly independent you know discuss i feel like that's an exact question <laughs> yeah is nigeria truly an independent country discuss um evaluate kind of thing mm-hmm. um i think yeah i think i think we have i don't deny the external influence but i think we we have gained enough we've established ourselves enough to to kind of free ourselves of of the shackles if we truly want to mm. so in a sense i question whether our the neocolonization or whatever you want to call it if it's just a self-inflicted if we're just kind of like sitting back and taking it yeah i'm not denying i'm not denying nigeria's responsibility mm. in you know we do have agency so it's mm. not to because i'm not trying to go into that narrative either yeah. and that we're just oh that we're just subject to yeah. the influence like we we ha- we're educated intelligent people, people. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah not trying to negate the responsibility at all yeah. um but i think um 
in that there's a few things I want to say in that a lot of the people of Nigeria are just not educated, you know, and that's not a, as an insult. I mean, it's just the... It's just a fact. It's just a fact. And for any, like, independence movement to uh, continue, you, you need the majority of people to be politically educated. So when that isn't occurring, you'll, you'll always struggle mm. to have freedom in all the arenas of life that you want. Um, but then how do you get people on board mm. with that? I think it, allude, it goes back to that um, topic around national identity and allegiance. We spoke about the national anthem. You stand up and you sing it hand on heart, you know, but most of us these days... It's, it's, it's a struggle to do that. Yeah. And I was I was thinking, um, to round up, so I was thinking um, around what does it mean for uh, a country to, uh, w- what is like Nigeria's identity? When and how does a country become one? And um, interesting, there's interesting definitions. So, you know, for, for a state, you need a people, a territory, a government, and the ability to conduct relations with other states on a sovereign basis. And that, I think a key thing in that statement, or in that definition, is a people, hmm. right? A Nigerian people. Who or what are the Nigerian people? Good question. So we shall discuss that. <laughs> Taranzo will discuss that in our next episode. We will be looking at Nigerian identity, what it means to be Nigerian. Do we have a national identity, mm-hmm. actually? What does it mean to be Nigerian? Uh, discuss. Discuss. Next, next next episode but yeah this has been a this has been a good conversation Very i think reflective yeah, yeah yeah i think it's just really important that we're all able to reflect um on, on a very important day like Nigerian independence and see how far we've come and you know what the road ahead looks like mm. pretty much but yeah yeah so listeners thank you for joining us today happy independence day happy independence (laughs) um yes join us um for our next episode you better (laughs) you better you better join us you better share you better comment you better subscribe to our channel you see by fire by By fire by force they said we should be optimistic and resilient (laughs) all right well bye guys bye guys